Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. How's it going? Good. Yeah. How about you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited to just have a little time to chit-chat with you. No guests. No guests. Back to basics, Jordan and Antonella. (laughs) Yeah, just not starting off with a bong rip this time. Right? Oh, is that the only one we've done, just you and I? I think so. It's the very, very first episode, which now seems like it was a really long time ago. Episode two and three was us interviewing each other. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, the first three were just us. That was more interview status, though. This isn't going to be an interview. Yep. This is just us chatting. Yeah, hey. What's hey. Up? <laughs> hey, wifey. Oh, what? Hey, hubs. Hey. So, oh. yeah, we just got back from a crazy weekend. What yeah. do we do? How, do? how are you feeling? Tired. Me too. But I'm like kind of tired, but also kind of not tired. Kind of buzzing. Yeah. Like buzzing on a kind of like a deeper mental ethereal level of all the possibilities. But on a physical level, my body is <laughs> sore from sleeping in a tent for... What was it? Four nights? Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. Four nights. Four nights in a tent. But we had an air mattress, so we did the festival thing well in that. What festival respect. were we at? Well, I know what festival <laughs> we were at. <laughs> I had fun at Dirty Bird Camp out this is our fourth year. Yep. Yeah. That we've done uh we just missed the first one in okay. California. But we went to all the other ones in California and then we traveled over to East Coast. I saw that uh Ryan and Maddie and some other people got those Dirty Bird Founders Club jackets. I know, the five. So like f- there were, I think she five said there were about rowers. 40 people that got Dope. these jackets that meant they had been to uh, all five. Yeah, I wonder if that just counts for the first five or when we go to our next one, will we get a fiver? No, Probably not. it's the yeah. Founders. It's like you were there for the beginning and you're still there. I know. <laughs> I wanted those. They look sweet. Yeah, I had a fantastic weekend, and like you said, I'm tired, but I'm also kind of still vibing off of all the creativeness, and I I think part of what gets me so stoked after Dirty Bird is just the fact that you know it's a crew of friends that have been rolling together for a long time, and they just keep bringing really fun experiences for themselves and then sharing them with other people. And I don't know, like I, I definitely had some moments this weekend where I was like not trying to do what they're doing, but wanting to, I don't know, take that inspiration and, and bring it home with us and, and start to think a little bit more, I don't know, ballsy, I guess. Yeah. Like, like we're doing a lot of cool stuff, but we could we can do bigger stuff. We can do more things. Yeah, there's just cool in the fact that they have a an extended family. Mm-hmm. It's like literally an extended family throwing the festival, uh, and then the friends that have become like family over years and years of working together and being a part of the same life come together to then help create a bigger family. Yeah. Um, and you and I don't exactly have that like extended family network of individuals that are interested in the same thing, but we've created a are you family to, of like, individuals. Relative, like, yeah. like oh, gotcha, gotcha. Cause yeah, because like, there was because Andy has three sisters, right? And so the four of them were all doing stuff, and then um, Barclay, Claude von Stroke's brother, 
whose name was Alex. Uh, he was there too, and so it was gotcha. Just like yeah, there were family actual family. family members there, but we have pretty. We've created our own family. That's what I'm pretty saying. Awesomely, and that's what's interesting is that like we've kind of created our own family around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder in different ways whether or not parents would get involved. Cause like, ah. I know Andy has like been the one who kind of made everything happen, Yeah, but I bet her sisters haven't been, you know, more super involved since the beginning, mm-hmm. but since they've created something, then it's like, Oh, you know, we're down to help out and be a part of that. So this was your fourth camp up, but how many years of festival life is this for you now? Um, well, my first festival was 2009, so nine years now. And it's changed a lot, right? Your involvement has changed. You were a a festival goer and now you're more on the artist realm of sharing either music or yoga or a combination of both. Also your vibes. I mean, I I will say you're a fantastic leader. Um, when did that shift happen or, or do you, do you think early on, like you always kind of knew you wanted to end up on this side of things? For sure. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. Mark and I kind of talked about it a little bit in his podcast talking about, you know, the love is in the middle of the dance floor and like, Mm -hmm. it's more fun to be on the dance floor than it is to be backstage. Um, but there's always that, uh, intricate feeling of like I'm on stage I feel cool mm-hmm. or like I'm backstage and that's kind of what everyone wants and and I know it's superficial and the people who have been back there long enough are like yeah it's not that cool it's sorry not exciting it's yeah. really not um but there's always that draw to it mm-hmm. and the people in the crowd are always looking out like oh that'd be sweet um and I remember going to shows and thinking it'd be so cool to be up there and my dream was to play up there but then I remember going to a smaller show that my friends were throwing in Santa Cruz and going to that show and getting invited backstage to this small little stage and just like meeting the other artists and hanging out and talking to people and being able to like bounce back and forth between out in the crowd and on stage and that really resonated with me and then I started trying to promote for that so I was promoting for Insomniac for a little bit um even once I moved back home, I was trying to like flyer for Insomniac here in Seattle as a rep. It just didn't really like fit me the like the the lifestyle of being a an actual flyer promoter. Mm-hmm. We have flyers and you're going to shows thirty minutes before they end, standing outside the door, handing out flyers, going and flyering cars. Like I just don't have that kind of personality, mm-hmm. and it didn't really like work super well. It's but a I always, very like. Um... Mm, outgoing. Yeah, it's and, like car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to be like out there. You're a hustling. little more introverted. That's definitely yeah. like an extroverted, like, hey, get people pumped up about something. Yeah, I, I really struggle with that first interaction with anyone. Mm-hmm. Once I've gotten that first interaction, I'm usually fine. Yeah. Um, but that, that initial breaking point is really tough for me. But so I knew from the beginning that I, I wanted to do more with it. Yeah. And then um, when I started doing Trans Family San Francisco promoting, then I was able to get certain perks from that and meet certain artists. And that was always really fun for me to get to meet artists because you could kind of see their lifestyle and pick their brains a little bit, which then got me into assisting with USC stuff, which we talked with Darius about and then, you know, transportation and whatnot. So it's like I got this whole behind the scenes. And what what I think is pretty uh, standard in my life is I like to experience a ton of different things and then 
pick the ones that made the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've kind of done that. I've gotten to kind of do the gamut of different things other than like stage design or like stage management, which also like I'm interested in. Yeah. It'd be cool to do some sort of stage management. Um, and I don't have a degree in, you know, music engineering or anything. But at the same time, that stuff interests me doing levels on the podcast, like the stage at Dirty Bird, like when his when Reverend Rusty Rain's doing the yeah. bingo. Yeah, I was voice, like, where are you going? Yeah. You took off. His you voice was kind of struggling. So I went backstage to talk to the sound guy and the sound guy was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. They just kind of showed me this oh, no. iPad template and he's like, I can kind of mess with it, but somebody set it up for me. And I was like, all right, well, let me like play with it a little bit and see if I can change up levels. So it's like, it's something I'd be interested in doing, but that's kind of my thing is I'm, I want to experience it all and mm-hmm. I want to see what interests me instead of just diving headfirst and putting in, you know, three to five years, we'll say with a company, because that's mm-hmm. kind of the way that a lot of people would always say, you know, you work for a company for three to five years, you gain your experience and move on. But I just want to like sample, I want the sample platter and then be like, all right, that was the best flavor. I want to go and do that. Yeah. Well, and you might not find just one thing. I, I noticed, yeah. especially this weekend, that you just have a lot of great leadership skills and you... um I don't know. I think part of it is the aspect of you that grew up as a team sports kind of guy. But, you know, with camp out, since they have all of these activities and games and we were, yay, go red team. Uh, (laughs) We were part of a pretty kick-ass team. But I think a lot of that was you, like you getting excited and you wanting to understand what the rules were and the best strategies and like, all right, look at the players and how are we going to, you balanced it. Like you weren't too obsessed about just winning, but you were also like, let's use the best players we can that makes sense for these crazy things they're having us do. But you were also like, let's let's get everyone involved. And so it's not like you were excluding people because you were like, just wanted the win, but you were like getting everyone pumped up. My favorite moment I think was when we were doing the water balloon toss and it was towards the end and it was like coming down to like the last couple of people and you were just running to the guy here and then the guy there like giving him the pep talk and you know showing them the the strategies so that they could be great and cheering them on it was just really cute i was proud of you i was like oh he's he's in this and and i think that translates to the whole festival world because you can't i don't know i guess it depends what your intention is but For me this weekend, the thing that made me slightly sad was seeing the amount of people who missed out on what a unique festival this is. The people who were just there and they were partying hard and they were going to the music and that's fine, but like you can party hard and go to the music at any fucking festival. That's what they all are. And this one is so unique and it has this camaraderie and and playfulness and like childlike experiences. Silly weirdness. Yeah, that so many people missed out on and it kind of bums me out. But at the same time, like some people just aren't that type of people. Like some people aren't into certain types of artistic expression. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been so cool about Dirty Bird is like it feels like a it feels like a tasting platter. Yeah. Exactly what I was talking about. Like you can you get comedy, you get like late night games and activities, you get daytime activities, you get yoga, you yeah. get weird like acting role-playing type weirdness a lot of characters bouncing around that stay fully in character did you ever think you would get so into bingo absolutely not (laughs) never (laughs) uh we're referencing the rusty or the reverend rusty rames he does something called the great bingo revival and it's so ridiculously fun he is the most charismatic 
And uh, those rhymes. Those he's rhymes. so good at rhyming different <laughs> things. And he, you know, he pulls up the ball and he reads off the number and he reads off a rhyme that goes with the number to like make it interesting and fun. And he's got models that come out there and they showcase whatever you're about to win. And uh, it, it was just such a cool experience to play it the last couple of years. And so this year we came into it being like, yeah, we're, we're in we're, this. We're, we're in here. It. Front row. And we went and like talked to him beforehand and we were like, dude, it's so good to see you. And he, you know, loved seeing us too. And then found out for that last final prize that they gave away a freaking car. But this car, <laughs> this car, like when it came around the corner, so we, we had heard from a little birdie that, uh, that there was going to be a pretty big prize and that it was going to be a car at the end. But, I didn't comprehend that it was going to be painted gold and have dirty bird eggs all over yeah, it. Yeah, like, it was like a, was I think it was a 1999 dope. Subaru or 98 Subaru or something like that. I've never wanted to win anything so bad before. We were both so, so close. in it. Ugh, it was a blackout. But it was like gold Bingo. painted with a bunch of dirty bird stickers on it. And it, sh- it drives up with like all of the models were like dancing on it. So there's like dents all over it oh, and everything. Yeah. It was hilarious though. And then uh, he gets on the mic and was like, hey, Claude, can we get free parking at Dirty Bird Camp Out for life with this thing? And Claude was like, yup. <laughs> so this girl ended up winning it. He was like, dude, I would drive that to every Dirty she Bird. She seemed pretty stoked. Although I will say she was not as stoked as I would have been. Like yeah. she was definitely like, yeah, cool. And I was like, what? Why are you yeah. not freaking out right now? This is really She's, exciting. Yeah, not her personality type. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was fun though. But yeah, that's what's that's what's so cool about Camp Out is that it's such a fun, different experience and you can choose to get into it how you want. And after mm. nine years of festival life, like I've seen a lot of music and yeah, there's a lot of stuff I like and enjoy and want to see more of. Um, but it was like Andy said, uh, like I never want to hate on any genre because like I love my specific genres and my genre taste always changes. But like, there's a lot of tech house. Like yeah. main stage is literally only pretty much only tech house. There's, yeah. there's there was some other stuff sprinkled in there, but like essentially everything was tech house. And I love tech house, but like you got three straight days of tech house. Like you can stand to miss an artist to go, you know, play a game. If play you've seen that ball. artist several yeah. times or like yeah. Do an art project or play some kickball or Yeah, and it it's it's just cool that they have all of those things there and they continue to expand upon them and they're not just settled down of like all right well we have kickball and frisbee so we're a camp out yeah it's like they they continue to try to step it up every year and do more well i know we're still on the pretty small scale end of event planning and and doing our things but i mean i know you and i we've talked about doing a festival at one point or co-creating obviously you and i can't do it on our own we'd have to recruit this music family and yoga family that we've somehow been so blessed with um but i'm wondering like, do you foresee something along those type of lines for us where it has like different types of quirky activities or for sure yeah. i mean i i think the the music festival format has become so commercialized mm-hmm. which is okay i mean everything becomes commercialized at one point that's just in a capitalistic society that's the way it works um, and when you've got someone like Insomniac who can throw EDC and you can have three nights of literally every artist you could imagine at nine different stages with mm-hmm. some of the largest stage production you could ever witness. Like if you want to go and experience that, go and experience that. So like I'm not trying to throw 
a mini dirty bird with my favorite tech house artists and try to like compete with that. Yeah. Like there's, there's bigger brands doing the festival thing, but it'd be fun to incorporate in a lot more too than just the yoga festival. Like how can you add certain things? And there's like, there's movement based festivals and there's music based festivals and there's like yoga based festivals. Like I want to incorporate as much of that as possible, but instead of feeling like, uh, like here's the purest essence of each one, Mm -hmm. like here's a sprinkle of each one. Yeah. And so instead of yoga, that's really intensive, deep, spiritual spiritual yoga, like add some fun, playful yoga. And instead of like super intense kettlebell workouts or whatever, like bring in some fun little activity things and, um, with music have like couple different genres on two different nights mm-hmm. and like kind of have things set up differently and apog was a good one that threw in yeah they had a lot of great stuff. variety like, drunk history like mm-hmm. how and and i think the the big thing that dirty bird attempted this year but it didn't seem like it really stuck was their peacock program mm-hmm. which that's how sarah rose got there who ended up doing so much more thankful she was fantastic her and david were amazing this weekend um but that Peacock program was attempting to get people to bring whatever weirdness they wanted to the festival mm-hmm. and to apply to get a free ticket in order to bring something new and interesting. Yeah, I definitely want to do um, a highly encourage contribution type festival as well. well. That's like, exactly what APOG was. Yeah. And so that was the idea is like, what do you have to bring yeah. that you think is interesting? And it was almost like, wasn't like quite a requirement, but it was like, hey, are you in the inner circle? If you're in the inner circle, find something you like and bring it to the table. It doesn't have to be amazing. It can be something weird and intricate and you could think it's stupid at first, but it may have a lot of people really enjoy it. There was one set this weekend that um, I think had a very similar vibe to what I would like us to do going forward in the future. There was one set that um, really got it. Do you know who that might be? I have no idea. Who gets it? Like who, who really gets, gets it? it? Uh, yeah, something about like subwoofers. <laughs> Subset gets it. Subset that gets set it. was perfect. Not just because we were involved in it, but like the overall thought process of it is like, all right, he's not just going to get up there and play some music. He wants it to be more immersive. So the fact that he had us there ahead of time in costume, helping to um, rally people over, helping them move their bodies and stretch a little bit and get pumped up for it. And then the art wall where people were painting and then the costume area where people could kind of put on something and, and get a little weird. Stickers I just, and dirty yeah, bird eggs. All of painted. it. Like the whole thing. It was just absolutely exactly what I would like to work towards. I don't, I just think that, um, especially during the day. So it's a little bit harder. Obviously it was like a 2 a.m. set and it's dark, but during the day sets, like why not? I think every set should have something more immersive going on with it than people just standing there staring at a DJ and bouncing around. Like like have have the opportunity to do something more with it. 
Yeah, and I mean it's the standard progression of anything. Like you can have you can have that happen on a small scale, but you can't have that happen on a large scale. I mean, you look at the amount of work that is put into Dirty Bird to make the events and whatnot happen. Mm-hmm. Claude and Andy are riding around on those golf co- or on the gators or whatever they are all day long, getting from one place to another, trying to make sure things are happening, things are going correctly. There's tons of the whole ref crew that was set right, up. Right, but they like, didn't have to do any of that. That's what I mean. Like. Mark, as an artist, came in and said, I want to do all this. I'm going to have my crew of instigators that's going to help make it happen. And so then we're not only excited to be a part of it, but we're helping him so that it does yeah. happen. No, and I understand. Then, I just mean yeah. once you get to a large scale, having every person on that level, like what do you need? Well, all right, well, we need this specific thing set up and we need to get it here. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's complex and complicated. Yeah. But I definitely think um, that's why new festivals keep popping up. Because people have new and interesting ideas and they garner enough traction that it becomes good. But then there are certain things like what the fest that just disappeared because it's like, well, there's a lot of logistics issues that are always going to come into play. Um, and you kind of deal with them when they come. Do you think they'll come back? They I don't know. made it sound like they were just taking a year off and regrouping, yeah, but knows? I still love what the festival yeah, I it, and I, it's always tough to get a venue mm-hmm. to be able to have enough parking. Like Dirty Bird has had such an issue with venue and sound not being able to be loud enough this year. Speakers were fantastic, but like in certain areas, it definitely wasn't loud like a normal festival experience because you've got regulations of where you can do yeah. seven thousand people to all. And it was party. such a beautiful venue with the water, but think about how much sound travels across water yeah. and that that was probably definitely a bit of a challenge but no i think they juggled it well oh for sure well that's the thing is like the whole festival got juggled so well this year it i i felt like there weren't any big hiccups and mm-hmm. we were we were around enough of the production that i feel like we would have noticed if shit had gone down mm-hmm. and from what i could tell no major shit went down other than it sounds like there were some people complaining on pages about possible theft and whatnot. But like, I remember that at Paradiso all the time. I remember mm. people got tons of stuff jacked. Cause Car windows broken and it's just, stuff. It's just, it's just, we live in a sketchy world. It's like yeah. Joe Rogan always says, he's like, if there's one out of a hundred people, like one of them is either an absolute idiot or an absolute asshole. Yeah. So if you got 7,000 people, like you've got what 70 people that there's a chance that they're horrible people they're not horrible people but maybe they won't make wonderful choices yeah yeah (laughs) not in the right and most of them are like oh yeah well i got really fucked up and i did something stupid it's like well yeah you're probably an asshole at your heart if you get fucked up and do shit that affects other people to that level but yeah um well so that's it for us this year right is that our last festival that is the last festival do you have any thoughts about next year? I know we have so much about to shift and change in our lives that we can't really talk about on here yet, but I wonder, like, is there anything going forward that's like sticking out in your head for 2019 that we want to try to make happen festival wise or just like, I don't know, bigger on the music yoga scale? It doesn't have to be, could be a yoga festival or whatever. Well, I think APOG 2.0 is going to be a necessity. Um, mm-hmm. Burning Man would be amazing if we could get there, but it's not looking super likely um especially since we would have to like buy tickets in january like we did this year yeah you got to commit pretty early yeah i mean you can always resell them true it's just not, that's it's not, not hard issue. to resell burning man <laughs> yeah tickets. very true um so that that's that's kind of around there you know maybe if what the fest pops back up but 
terms of festivals, I think we'll kind of try to limit the the chaos of festivals this year um, and just try to try to do a little bit more specialization mm-hmm. because we have had the time to sample all the different things. Um, and it would be fun. Oh, the other one is Flow State. Um, oh, we'll definitely. talk a lot more about Flow State. We've got Summer Huntington. That'll we'll release her episode of the podcast in the next couple of weeks, and um, we'll talk a little bit more about what Flow State is. But that one's fantastic, and that kind of falls in the the movement based category up mm-hmm. a little north. But that's kind of where I would like to be is um, reaching out to someone like Summer and being like, how can I be more involved in yeah. this festival uh, in more ways than just teaching yoga. Um, and then same with APOG and Dirty Bird is like, and, and I don't know, it's this hard line because we've talked about it before. I can can do yoga and that'll get me the credentials I want and I can go do the things and I can be a part of this festival. But it there's just something different about feeling like you're a part of yeah. the family that's making it happen. Um, Yeah, you can. I don't necessarily, like personally, I don't know that at this point in my festival going that I want to be on more of the production side. Like, I see how fucking hard they have to work and and, and I uh, totally appreciate them. I almost think that I would rather just expand on what I offer. So if right now I'm offering yoga and music, I want to just change the packaging a bit and say, yeah, we're going to offer yoga and music, but it's also going to be a very multi-sensory experience like Mark's set, right? Where there's other things going on um, that makes the offering a little bit more dynamic and really tap into our creative artistic side and what we're offering so that it's not like, oh, I'm just going and teaching this class and then spending the rest of the time having fun at the festival, but actually feel like a bigger contributor in a way. Um, And I don't know what that entails yet, but but I definitely am thinking a lot about it. And I was inspired as well by the team leaders this weekend who at surface level like Maggie and all of them look like color leaders red color leader you know green whatever Um, but really when you look a little bit deeper they are performers and they're dancers and they're clowns and they're comics and they're very evolved overall um, people who are really looking to make connections and and help create really awesome vibes. They're not just there being like, yeah, yeah. our team's going to be the best at the three-legged race. And so I like that. And they could easily hire anybody who yeah. is good at sports to run those teams. But instead, they're hiring people who are going to bring like character acting to it and fun costumes and silly chants. And, and so like... I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking going forward that I want to get a little weird and dynamic with what we're offering as far as the music well, and yoga and expand so on it. The the difference, I think, where you're trying to get to from what it sounds like is essentially what Burning Man preaches is like, well, I was going to say radical self-reliance, but we'll, we'll mix radical self-reliance with participation. Yeah. So we'll say radical participation. Yeah. And that's what I did at Dirty Bird Camp Out this year is just next level participation. Yeah. Like, how do I participate in as many things as I can to the point that I'm burning myself out almost to exhaustion <laughs> and I was sober? Yeah. And so that's kind of where um, when I talk about getting into production, it's less of like, I want to be in charge of moving speakers. I want to be in charge of having a radio to get this person to that thing to do gotcha. this. More of like, how do I be more 
involved and active in it where I can play the little roles, picking them up should I need to. Mm -hmm. So like, should the sound be off at a stage? I kind of know what I'm doing. Let me hop over there and see if I can Mm -hmm. fix something. Oh, something needs help being carried over to here. It's not my job, but I can offer to help it and therefore like be an active participant in what's going on and use those interactions those instigations to Mm -hmm. communicate with other people to meet new people and spread whatever we have going on and then possibly help that person so that they'll go out and help the next person yeah you know that that pay it forward type thing in festival life um because yeah i i don't i don't want to be the babysitter Mm -mm. i don't want to be there telling people where to go stressing out about all the different things yeah and and i understand if that's that's your job that's your job and you kind of want to do it and make money but like um that doesn't feel like the way i want to make money mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's what i'd be good at but i don't want to just do it because i'm good at it i want to do it because i enjoy it and that's where i feel like um in what ways like you said could we actively participate in more things but yeah it's a an ongoing kind of depends on the festival how do we figure it out how do we offer that um and the cool thing about what Mark has done a lot and seems to be continue to try to do is um, find the right individuals who are willing to put in the excess time and effort to come out and be a part of the experience, mm-hmm. even if it means costing him money. Yeah, and it's that's a crew. where you know you and I have had conversations about Joe Rogan um, saying initially how. Rather than going on tour solo, he would pay the flights and the hotels for his friends to come with him. Mm-hmm. And then once they're there, they get it open for him. And, yeah. you know, maybe they don't really get paid much, but then he has friends that are there and they get a, the experience of coming on the road and doing all the different things. And other people get to see them, exposure and whatnot. Um, and I think that would be fun to do. Is Build out to, a team. And I think we have a couple different teams though and that's what's Mm kind of interesting it's like what works for what festival true like someone like mark yeah he can fit but i'll I'll pigeonhole him for a second and be like it would be great to have mark at something like dirty bird camp out Mm -hmm. because he knows the whole ship fam he knows all those people he djs all this stuff like that would work really well and then you're like well what about going to flow state which is a bunch of movement and yoga like all right someone like virginia that would be super good to have with us there yeah so like different places having like different crews that are set up and then once you have those people being able to expand upon that and bring three or four people to a festival even if it costs us money out of our pockets because it makes that experience so much more yeah i like that idea you touched for a second i just want to backtrack a little bit on the fact that we were doing all these things sober um was this your first sober festival like ever Probably. I don't think so. Mm. So, I mean, that's a, a complicated one. I mean, I've never, like, really done anything sober. I've never had an issue with sobriety. Um, so I've never, like, dedicated some time of my life to being sober except for um, when I didn't smoke weed and for, what, all of 2017, 2016? I think it was mm-hmm. 2016. Um so yeah, it's it's different and and I've just been a part of so many festivals that I'm not um 
just participating in and so like if i've done artist transportation for usc true right yeah probably pretty fucking sober but who knows if i've gotten there and i was done driving for the night and there's an open bar like and i went and you know got a drink of alcohol so it's like i couldn't i couldn't tell you for sure it was my first sober 100 percent festival but i think it was one of my first you know attempting to be fully sober i'm gonna be totally clear-headed your intention. Um, this is the first time that it was your intention to it was also like, stay along that route. Yeah, it was also the first festival that I've had radical participation. Mm, true. I mean, like other Dirty Birds, I've like, I've definitely played around and we had some fun. But like I injured myself the year before and we didn't quite know enough people. And so we were kind of trying to figure out all the specifics on that. But like, and then Paradiso, if I'm driving or working another festival, um you're participating in like a specific way. And this right. was kind of like, we're teaching, we're seeing music, we're going to all these shows, we're playing the sports. Like, Do you think that helped? You yeah, know, being, for sure. Yeah, it gave, it gave me something to focus headed. on. And it's mm-hmm. also like a lot of my experiences at festivals are grounded in being fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's true for essentially everyone um, who has, definitely not everyone, but um, going to a festival in that environment um it is very enticing to elevate yourself to one level or another whatever that is Mm -hmm. almost everyone who goes to a festival is on something whether it's alcohol weed adderall like mdma acid like whatever you get into there's people that are all in these different groups of people that do different things but Pretty much everyone's on something. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but in my opinion, out of the drugs I just named, like alcohol's probably the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are the most illnesses from it and the most accidents that happen from it. And I won't get preachy on that, but it's like everyone's on something. Mm-hmm. And so these festival experiences can be tough to go to them and have one girl on your left so drunk she's passed out and then a dude on your right who's on some sort of amphetamine upper who's just like talking your face and off. And you're feeling all that. And there's you're people around you smoking in. cigarettes yeah. that are puffing it all around you and you're like, oh, this smells terrible. And so you get this just like influx of energies of people around you and they're not other sober individuals. Right. And so, you know, you always talk about being spongy and I think that's a real thing, but if we just don't even think about being spongy, there's still that like that feeling of like, oh, these other people are on some level and it's once you go to a different level, you stop being aware of all of that so much. Sometimes it makes you even more hyper aware. Not me, yeah. Like you're stoned and you're just looking around. But that's you. That's what I'm saying. That's you. I'm saying like other individuals who I know will go to shows like to numb it. yeah, Yeah. Like and yeah. So it's it can be a bit of chaos to go to all this stuff and it can be really easy to want to participate in some sort of elevated state in order to experience the music in a different way or mm-hmm. numb the crowd around you or connect to the crowd around you. Um, and so I think it's really nice to have something else to do. Whereas like, you know, USC will have like a, a cuddle pile area or something or like pillows or like um paradiso has rides yeah and that that is always kind of a cool addition and people love to do it and i think it's because people 
usually go to a festival for the experience. And they're definitely the music heads like myself that are there because they like 75% of the artists. And they're like, I got to see this person. I got to see this person. And like, that's me. I got to check off my list and I got to go see everyone. But that also adds to this stressful level of like, oh, well, I want to be fucked up by this person's set because that's going to be really amazing. And I need to connect to the crowd and the ridiculousness and the chaos that's there. Um, but being able to have something else to distract you from it Mm -hmm. is really cool. And, um, the, the massive amounts of things to go do, I think is super clutch because you can just go explore. I, sorry, I'm coming back to Dirty Bird Camp. Oh, gotcha. Of like, you know, you've got multiple different stages that are all set up at different times and different people are there and it's it's things to continue piquing your interest because some sets bore you. Yeah. You you can go see an artist that you absolutely love and you've already seen them a couple of times and you're like, all right, I know all these songs. Mm -hmm. This isn't that fun. Like I'm, or, or I'm not with the right crew or I'm totally sober and I really can't get into the fact that this asshole behind me is so fucked up that he keeps jumping and pushing me and like I can't stop getting hit and people are walking over me and kicking my backpack and like it's just chaos inside of a massive stage and and that's really difficult when you're sober to deal with the chaos of all or that. when you're short. Like for yeah. me, I know that was my challenge a couple of times, not just this weekend, but other festivals that we're at where I feel like I'm pretty good at just like commanding my own space and and letting the people around me just do what they're doing and, and try to be mindful of it. But the amount of times like I'll either be stepped on really hard or elbowed in the face. Oh my God. An elbow to the face or a backpack. Like if yeah. someone turns really quick and their backpack just like hits me in the face, that gets a little rough. I, I definitely like yeah. having a little bit more space in between people, but I get it. Like when there's a sea of people, the energy's pretty insane. Oh, it's awesome. And yeah. I love being a part I of it. just wish I was a little taller. Well, <laughs> even being tall, like I get it, but I don't, I don't move my feet much when I dance. I pretty much stay there unless I'm really into it. And I, for the vast majority, I'm standing up tall. I'm like commanding my space. My feet are not right. moving. And you don't I'm need to consistently being bumped into by right. other individuals who feel like they're constantly pressing against me. Mm. And it's like, yo, I haven't moved. Yeah. I've been here for three hours with my feet planted like, and you're still you bumping still into me. me. Yeah. And some, I, I mean, it's usually some sort of girl that's fucked up that just mm-hmm. like keeps falling into me. And you're like, no, I've been here this whole time. You've been here four minutes and you you can't hold your space. You well, can't the good get out thing of the is way. probably they're on a level that they'll be gone within the next four minutes anyways. So. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but like that's where, Cap, that's where like I won't go to Capitol Hill block party again. Yeah. Like, that was chaos just because and because both times i've been it's been utter chaos and the people around you have zero respect for the space that's there and they'll continue to bump into you and push you and be aggro about it yeah so it's like that that exists at any festival because like we said there's out of seven thousand people there's 70 of them that Mm -hmm. are usually more or less either complete idiots or complete douchebags yeah and so dealing with those people can be a lot and it can be really nice to have an escape that is not a oh, here's another place that has music, but it's slightly quieter and less intense. Like, it's like, no, you have full on other things to be a part of Mm -hmm. and things to 
get up for. Yeah. And that's a big thing too. Like, oh, I wanted to do yoga with Om Nom DJing. Like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do this yoga class or Justin Martin because he's on that sober kick. Like, we're going to do jogging with Justin. Yeah, it was cool that there was a few DJs that were, I don't know if they were sober the whole weekend, but that were playing sober because we had the opportunity to be on stage quite a bit. And it's interesting watching uh, a couple of them. Who was it? Will Clark that just had like the well, chocolate yeah. bar up there with him. And I the... noticed that that stuff was left there for a while. And so oh. I don't know if it was specifically his. It okay. might have been. Um, and it, who knows? It might have been up there for Justin who was after him. Oh, right? true. Yeah. Um, I really have no idea. But I think I think you're definitely right is that a few people are on that level and they do enough festivals. Um, like I know I saw someone passing a joint to Justin J and he was like, nope. Nope. Good. Yeah. Thanks. So it, it's definitely something that I think is really well known in the artist world these days is that it can be utter chaos and you kind of have to pick and choose your battles or decide you're going to go sober because otherwise it can be a lot. Yeah. How does it feel for you? I mean, just on the DJ end, because you've you've usually been the type of person that wants to have a drink or two before you get on stage and play. Like, how has that been for you switching over to uh, not having your little, <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely helps to calm the nerves. That's yeah. the obvious one. Um, and since I deal with anxiety, that can definitely be a tough thing to get through. Um, luckily I don't have the type of personality where I'm, you know, eight drinks deep at the club or I got True. a bottle and I'm wasted. Like I'm, I think that's kind of the thing with Justin is he finally got to a point where he like had so much notoriety and you play any show and, I guess not even necessarily notoriety, but if you're an artist and you're getting booked to play something, you have an artist writer and you can say, I want a bottle of tequila. I'll have you a bottle of tequila and you can have as much tequila as you can drink because it's free. Yeah. And so that's definitely um, something that I know can be tough to deal with because it's not not like, oh, yeah, let me go to the bar and buy a drink mm -hmm. and stand in line. It's like, oh, I can just like wave my hand to this promoter, dude, and he'll go get me a drink and put it in my hand for free. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so different because like with yoga, you know me, I'm the opposite of that. Like I want to be totally sober when I go to teach. And um, there's been a couple of times where I wasn't accidentally, if that makes sense. But like um, the clear headedness, I love that. And then when I'm done, like, all right, I did my job. I did my work. I taught my class. Like now I want to have I get it for yoga though. Time. Like yeah. you have to be like on, like you're... But aren't you on I mean, DJing? Kind of, but not really. Mm. I, I, it doesn't matter what I say. I'm not talking. Oh, words. I don't have to gotcha. command a room. Yeah. You know, I literally just have to play tracks. True. And, and I have an, I have several experiences, many experiences of having a drink and playing some music at my house. Yeah, I guess so that makes like, sense. If I was just getting up there and like performing a little bit of acro or like demoing a flow without having to actually instruct. I guess I could see that that would be a nice yeah, little icebreaker. Yeah, a little drink to, like worry, yeah. to not worry so much about it, to calm the nerves right before you go up. And, you know, neither you or I deals with any real addiction issues mm -hmm. at all. And so it's like that is nice to not have to deal with. Um, but I think there are times where something can become a crutch. Yeah. I think that's super important to understand the di distinction between 
it's it's not just I'm addicted or I'm not addicted. It's like, well, you can use something way too often. Mm-hmm. People will always say like, oh, well, weed is just a plant and now it's legal and like there's nothing wrong with it. It's totally great. But like, well, yeah, but there are other things about it that make it not amazing for your daily life. Yeah, I've definitely I'm, I wouldn't say that I have an addictive personality, but I've had times in my life where I've enjoyed something a little too often and then I kind of have to break that pattern I would say with um I mean I smoked cigarettes when I was a lot younger and again it was just like I don't really even know why and then once I stopped it was very easy to stop I just had to make that choice and then same thing with weed when weed came back around and was a thing for me just a couple years ago um, all of a sudden I found myself like the convenience of the vape pen like being able to just puff on it um daily and then I was also not in a good headspace relationship wise. Obviously, this is before you. And uh, I was just like not happy with the route that I was on. I definitely found myself doing it more often than I probably should have. But again, it was just awareness once I was aware of it. And I just said, oh, no, this is. But I think that becoming... awareness can be difficult for a lot of people. For sure. That awareness that they're not in a good headspace. Mm-hmm. They're using we, it as a We self-medicate. Or, yeah. Humans have been self-medicating since the dawn of man. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's literally what we do. So, so I understand it. Um, but that evolvement to be able to realize that I am self-medicating and I need to slow down or stop in order to be the productive individual that I know I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of where alcohol got to for us. And um, and that's why I think we're we're not necessarily doing this, you know, 100% sober. We're not going to drink for one year. It's kind of like, a, well, we're going to be sober for a few months to, like, get things in check. And then, you know, over the holidays, we might have a drink or two, a, a glass of wine at Christmas. Dude, that, uh, what was that snap that I sent you? Oh, the um, Baileys. Yeah. Vegan I'm Baileys. I'm holding out for that for the holidays, man. I got to figure out where to find that. It's a Baileys was like literally my jam. A vegan, I would drink gluten-free so much Baileys. Baileys. So I didn't read the details on it. Did it say it was gluten-free? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So does that mean it's that. coconut milk? Well, I mean, the gluten-free has nothing to do with it. No, no, the vegan part. Yeah, I think it was almond milk. It was either almond or coconut milk, but yeah, Yum. rather than actual milk. Blue. Can you chill, please, buddy? We're doing a podcast here. It'd be nice. We got blue in the house. I think he missed us. Yeah, we saw another great day in there. Yeah, hi. We saw another great day in there. Um, His Instagram handle was what? uh, The Great Vino. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for the dog, though. That just seems like a really overstimulating, loud, crazy atmosphere, especially for, for sure. a day. And we only saw him over at the stage once, and it was during the day, and he was kind of like off to the side. And True. then we saw him like later. So definitely a lot, but it, it was a service animal. Um, and so he had him there as a service animal. I definitely think, you know, it's a bit much to have your dog there, but because it is somewhere like Dirty Bird, and if you have an RV, like you're camping with your dog. True, yeah. You know, he was like over playing volleyball, and the dog was like playing volleyball with him. It's like, that'd be Sweet. awesome. I'd love to have my dog now. That being said, I wouldn't take him to the front of the stage and like dance with a bunch of people, but yeah. like if you're off to the side and people can say hi, like, yeah, it's loud and it's probably not great for his ears, and you're probably kind of risking your dog a little bit. Like, I think it's high. I definitely think it's not necessarily the greatest, but at the same time, like you're doing that to your ears every time you're there. Yeah, true. <laughs> Unless you aren't theirs more sensitive than ours, though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, I missed him. Yeah, we missed you too, he has buddy. The best bass. Yeah, it's good um, to be home, though. <laughs> it's definitely good to be home. It'll be nice to be home for what <laughs> three weeks? Three weeks, and then we head to Mexico. Tulum. And now you said you've been to Mexico, right? Yeah, I've been to Cabo. I think a couple times. How old were you? Young. Mm. I think I was fourteen, and then I think I went again when I was. I don't know, 19 or 20 or something. Okay. And I went to Puerto Vallarta like one time, I think I was probably early 30s, so like 10 years ago. Um, but I don't really remember much of it. So I'm excited to go back. And I'm excited that we're going on a retreat, but we don't necessarily have to be in charge. <laughs> hey, Blue. That would be an added bonus. So, yeah. And getting to play with a bunch of acro. And, well, because it's either not having to lead or not having to work the entire time. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of stuff that we've done has been for trainings. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get certified in something where this is like, you know, we'll go and we'll teach the yoga. So we're half working. But then at the other time, like, you don't have to go to every one of the acro classes that we're doing. And right. So we can always choose to say, I don't feel like it today. And we can go do whatever we want. And no one's going to you know, get mad at us. It's not or, like you're not going to get, you're not going to pass yeah, the course or yeah. the test, right? Yeah, because I don't, have we been, have we been on a yoga retreat together that was just to go on a retreat? No, because you were working at the Peru one. Yeah, I was working. Yep. Crazy. Well, this will be our first. That'll be well, nice. we are working, so. I mean, a little. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we need to do that. Let's pick something. Yeah, I'm Let's totally down. where we just go on a retreat and just are participants and don't work at all. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. This is kind of like what we've talked about with the festivals. It's yeah. that evolvement, you know. You start as a person who's just there to absorb and participate, and eventually you're working, but in the yoga world, we kind of start off in the opposite where even I, same thing with yoga festivals for me, I've always been a, um, somehow participating as a contributor. So it'll be nice to swap that up a little bit and just attend something. The last Wanderlust we went to, I don't think we worked at all that one. Which one? I don't know. Wasn't it Whistler? The last no, time we, we went assisted, to Whistler. Um, oh yeah, we said Claudia and Hansa. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so, is that, well, Lake Tapo. We assisted. We assisted as well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we need to just go and, I, I think it'd be fun. It's I, just, I, yeah. I think it'd be it's, cool, it's a small amount of assisting, but that's the thing is like, I totally agree. I'm totally mm-hmm. down, but we go back to the festival thing. Like, yeah, we could have just taught our two yoga classes and mm-hmm. gone, but like being a part of it True. on another level, I think is really fun for me. Like, and it's just the way it's like, our I don't brains wanna, work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to run it necessarily. Like, yeah, those are awesome, but that's work. But like, if I, if I go, it's hard for me to just let everything go and like sit back and be like, all right, let's go to this retreat and let's have a good time. Like my leader personality is going to take over and we're going to be climbing Machu Picchu or whatever and I'm like hey guys let's go this way or right. do this it's just kind of or we'll be at a retreat and you'll see that something needs help and you're going to be the first one to be like here I'll do it I'll help you because mm-hmm. yeah that's just how how you operate have you always been like that yeah when you were younger I think so and it was kind of interesting at, at Dirty Bird like the the idea of the patches mm-hmm. has taken over so much and I, I feel like it's kind of lost its steam um, I know a lot of people were so all about the patches kind of early on and it's kind of, it's still, it's still going strong. Um, 
but I see a lot less people wearing stuff with patches Mm. for the amount of people that have been for several years. Like I would say I have one of the best camp shirts that's there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's because I've participated, but I know a lot of other people participate too. Um, But that's the thing is that those patches like add this level of like wanting to be a part of something. And so I Mm -hmm. wonder if there's, I know that part of it is, but there's part of my brain that does something because I think I'm going to get a patch. Mm. I think that's how we as humans work a little bit. Reward-based, yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm definitely that way. And I I try to not just be that way for a certain reason. Like, I would find myself, like, picking up trash, knowing that I could get a sticker for it, but then also knowing that, like, someone would have to see me picking up trash in order to get that sticker. So I found myself, or the patch, so I found myself doing it more in locations where there are other people around rather than like, oh, I'm off And then you're the like, why the fuck am I doing this? I should just be picking up trash whenever exactly. there aren't people around. Exactly. Yeah. And so I definitely did that several times. But I, I noticed that, and I guess that would be hopefully the, the evolvement side of things. But I think I just am that way in general. And so that's part of it with like being backstage or something. It's like, oh, that cool essence of like, oh, I can be back here. Like, oh, you know, I'm being seen doing something cool. Oh, I don't give a shit about that. I liked being backstage because I wasn't getting crushed. Well, for sure. Just more space. (laughs) Well, that was the crazy thing is that Dirty Bird does it unlike any other festival ever. Like what festivals could you go to? I guess Oregon Eclipse was kind of that way. They definitely had that vibe set out where Where you could go be on stage you could be on stage but i think um dirty bird definitely does that a lot and the stage that they built had this giant dance floor that could fit like it was much bigger than the last you think they could fit over 100 people probably on that dance floor so it's like you go up on stage and you're like dancing on stage behind the djs and they throw a big party um yeah but i feel like in general i i want to want to help out and be a part of things. And and I think that's also why people get so involved in the music, at least myself specifically. It's like, yeah, I'm there for the music. There's nothing else for me to do. Mm-hmm. What else am I going to do right now at this festival other than watch the music? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to add different things to it because I, I don't know, I want to be a part of it. I, I don't want to run it <laughs> currently. But uh, it's, I guess the difference is I don't want to run someone else's shit. Yeah. And that's kind of always been my ethos growing up as the the rebel who is not really a rebel. I'm not rebellious in any way, but I would like, I don't know, want to do things slightly different. And And part of that is not wanting to... I always talk about not wanting to make someone else a bunch of money. I don't want to go work for a big corporation that makes a bunch of money. Sure, it's the good job with the good health care and whatnot, but like it it has to be something that I'm passionate about and that's fun and Or it has like me. a startup vibe to it. Yeah. For sure. Like what we're thinking about doing for our job change situation is definitely a bigger company than than we've been used to being involved with, but it also has that grassroots startup vibe which is really nice yeah but i don't i don't want to like be in charge of running something that someone else started Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna run something it's gonna be something that i started that i was a part of the initial planning phase for now that's different than like 
I guess what I'm saying is like it's I don't I don't I don't want to start on the bottom rung and climb the ladder to the top. <laughs> I am willing to you just want to be on the top. I, well, sure, but I'm I'm willing to jump in different rungs on different ladders all the time and gain experience from being on different ones. But I don't want to start at the bottom of the ladder and climb to the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd rather jump from one ladder to another and then eventually maybe I find a ladder with only two fucking rungs on it. (laughs) And then that's because we help start it with a group of individuals. And so you're basically at the top and then you continue to expand and build from there. And you're kind of up towards the upper levels of it. Yeah. So much of it though, like is we got to like all of the structure of that go and just focus on the overall goal and vibes and intention, because it's, I think it's super easy to get caught up on, those types of roles and and aspects and just being like all right we have this ability to connect with people what's our intention what are we going to do with it and it's that same idea of like all right you're up on the stage you're teaching a yoga class or you're playing an event like what do you want to to do with that platform and um so i think thinking uh thinking ahead in what we're doing um erasing some of the boundaries and lines of what that might look like and just thinking like all right what do we want to accomplish and that's that's the kind of thing i get inspired by in these types of weekends and not just dirty bird but just other creative collaborative spaces that we're in when we come home from something like that that's part of why i'm so tired because i feel like i'm just taking a lot in and processing a lot and and kind of getting the wheels turning within my own head and heart and creativity Yep. I love it. Yeah. That's kind of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people go to the festival world. And then, like I was saying, some people get pulled in by the music and then end up doing drugs. And the drugs become their identity at that festival because they want that festival to be the same experiences they had at a different time. Um, but kind of that hoping to continue to evolve because you go there and you had this experience and it gave you this amazing feeling, but you didn't run with it. Mm -hmm. You didn't, you didn't take that. I don't know that motivation. You just let that motivation flood you and then flood out of you. Do you think certain types of drugs are more apt to that than others? Like ones that are more creativity fueling to, to create action or, or do you think it really like more psychedelics? Yeah. Yeah, Psychedelics. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about like alcohol. Yeah. (laughs) Alcohol is not going to do shit to you. Weed, like you can get stoned and come up with some cool ideas. Mm -hmm. And then people are always saying like, oh yeah, if you do a bunch of Coke, you'll start a business, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And then like, and then go to jail. (laughs) Psychedelics are definitely some of those where you can like get to a point where the entire universe makes sense (laughs) and then you kind of and then you kind of wake up the next day and you're like wow well that was cool and it it can be really tough to enact it Mm -hmm. um do you think dosage levels makes a difference on that? Uh, it depends on the person. It depends on so mm. many different situations. And so, sure, kind of. Because you hear like, about these like big well, dosage levels of well, mushrooms. Terrence McKenna will call it a heroic yeah. dose. And yeah. that's really this level to like get to a different place to really be able to experience something different than just, oh, the walls are melting. That right. looks weird. It's like, no, you're like in a different realm, essentially seeing things 
completely differently. And that's mm-hmm. where I talk about like, you know, you're at one with the universe, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it, it can definitely make you feel that way. Um, but that's again where I said the difference is taking that with you into your day to day life. And then I think that's why a lot of people do microdosing or whatnot. That's what I was going to say. That's definitely my preference. I, I feel like that is um, a nice option to be able to use the inspiration of the different plant medicines to to crack open a part of your creativity or your forward thinking brain that's going to like go out and and actually be active with it versus doing a huge amount that almost is like too much and overwhelms you with like, okay, now I have so many ideas and, and, and how do I even put the next foot in front of the other to make it actually happen? Yeah. It's, it's definitely a part of it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but I think it's definitely just part of that progression of individuals. And some people come into the festival world and immediately decide they want to work for that festival. Other people come into the festival world because they love the music and they stick into it forever. And then they just kind of teeter out of it. Mm-hmm. And other people get into it because it gives them a free space where they can be themselves. They can let their freak flag fly and they can be as crazy and ridiculous and do a bunch of drugs and experience, you know, a connection to this like pulsating dance floor Mm -hmm. of energy. Like, I mean, the best way I can describe it is, you know, rewatch was it the second matrix or whatever, when they're in Zion and they're like on the drums and they're all underground and having this giant rave. Like there's, there's just something about it that is so tribal and Mm -hmm. deep in our lizard brains. It's like wanting to be a part of this, like, chaotic energy in its own right i mean like woodstock Mm -hmm. like it's just people love that sort of thing um yeah (laughs) so i don't know people i just hope that people start to use it to get somewhere yeah to to use that connection and this ability to have insanely loud music that is so masterfully produced and curated by other individuals to then play it and incorporate it with the the stage design, the lights, um, the location, the event producers throwing it to create this experience that mm-hmm. hopefully allows people to transcend their own boundaries. And that's what's so great about the freaks at Dirty Bird mm-hmm. that like allow you to hopefully go over and experience something new and different and intriguing that you're like, Oh wait, there is more to festival life than just music. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to go experience? Like, I, I mean, it, we've talked a lot about festivals and that's great, but like I, it, a festival is a very, um, it is what it is. Like what's beyond that? Like what does that festival experience inspire you to want to go do? Are there things that you're like ready to go look for and achieve and create um, outside of a weekend? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, weirdly enough, like I think festivals are like the epitome of like everything <laughs> in its own weird right. Like at at my age, like no, no matter what the – the medium that you're expressing festivals are seem to be the big way to do it. Comedy festivals, you have music festivals, you have yoga festivals. Right. But you're talking about like entertainment and experiences. I'm talking about like just you as an individual. Is there like a part of your personality now that you want to go and 
that's what I'm saying. Like festivals are like the epitome of it. Like that's that's what I would love to do is to continue to be a part of festivals. And if I could literally make a living off of just traveling to different festivals all around the world, like I would do it. Hmm. I'd do that because it would it would itch that travel bug, um, and also constantly itch that need to connect to other individuals Mm -hmm. and i couldn't just go to a bunch of music festivals and i couldn't just go to a bunch of yoga festivals but if you do yoga festivals and spiritual festivals and music festivals and movement festivals like but is that sustainable like do you think physically you could handle like how often are you talking who knows i don't know (laughs) but like no it's not necessarily sustainable but what if it's literally just a weekend thing Mm -hmm. why not what if yeah, you what if you hop sure, in a, I'm just what if you hop in a trailer and mm-hmm. travel around the US going to different festivals and you map it out and then in the winter months you go fly to Europe or you know mm-hmm. go to Bahamas or like just different things where if you could make it set up as some sort of a home base in some place for a while like I would love that and sure things are changing now that we're married and having talks about the future of different things but I don't know. To me, I th- I think, yeah, it would definitely be exhausting. And I don't 100%, I can't with 100% certainty be able to say like, yeah, that's sustainable. But I think it would be fantastic to mm-hmm. be able to go to different festivals all over the world and be able to offer something that they want so that you can be a part of it. And it doesn't, you know, it ends up not costing you money. Mm-hmm. Like how could you survive that your flights would be paid for to get there and all your transportation and food costs are covered by things to just be able to experience because like that's kind of what I've told you before like one of the main things I want out of life is to experience a lot of different things mm-hmm. so for me like the stagnation of climbing the ladder mm-hmm. fuck that yeah I don't know. And and I know it brings security and some people crave security more than anything. But for me, like, I don't, I don't necessarily yearn for that. And like, like you get so excited to go home and get into your bed and I get it. But at the same time for me, I'm like, I don't know, give me a nice bed anywhere. And after a week I'll settle in. Yeah. I guess for me, it's just a sense of grounding. I think it's, I always go back to my roots and, and yes, you can grow roots in many different places. There's just like this overstimulation that I get sometimes when we travel and we go to different festivals and it's great overstimulation. Like I'm down for it when I, when I tap into that frequency, but I think for myself, it's nice to have that reset button. It's like coming back to down dog, like come back, reset, take a breath, close your eyes and like allow my body and my uh, experiences to marinate a little bit and to like sink in. I feel like if I was just going, going to all these different festivals all the time, I don't know that I would get as much out of them. I feel like I would get a little bit burnt out and, and I like this time to come back and regroup and, and then figure out how to be inspired by what I just experienced and, and not necessarily have to have it be away from home or in a big festival experience, but, but like little tidbits of ways that I can contribute to my community or my family or the people who are right here. Um, yeah, because cause they're not always going to go and be able to have the opportunity to go do what we're doing. Like We get these really cool opportunities to experience and to 
um, see other places and to connect with lots of different individuals and lots of different types of music. And so part of me feels like with that privilege, I want to come home and, and utilize it to give a little bit of something locally to the people that maybe don't get that chance. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what that even entails yet, but it's just something that I've been thinking about since this weekend. Yeah, definitely. There's and this podcast is part of it for me. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. I would miss that if we were traveling all the time and we couldn't come down here and stick the headphones on and have a conversation with each other or with one of these fantastic people that we meet on the road or at all of these different things. Like, it's nice to have this feels this space right now feels like a very grounded space to me. Yeah, which is definitely nice to have. Mm -hmm. Um and that's where we had talked about like doing a tiny home or something. Mm -hmm. and, and we've got our logistics of, about that. And we've talked about trailers and, and whatnot giant too. Dog. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, there's, there's different things that we've got into our life that don't necessarily make that feasible, but I still think it would be really cool to get a, you know, 30 plus foot sick trailer with pop outs and a big truck and go drive around, mm -hmm. you know, take a year to travel around the U.S. experiencing different festivals. But like it doesn't have to be a festival every weekend. Like right. I don't think that'd be necessarily feasible enough. But yeah, you could be traveling around to different places. So your 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 environment is different every time, mm -hmm. but you always have your trailer. Yeah. You're, you're back in that and, and, we, can and, and we can do the podcast out of, out of the yeah. trailer like you can do all of your work stuff we live in the 21st century where it's yeah. possible to bring a laptop and microphones and you can sit and record this whole thing so we could do like season five gravity lift podcast it'll be like the gravity lift road show well yeah that's what um cool. there's a guy that was at flow state that summer was talking about and he does his podcast entirely out of a van he tricked out a van to live in it mm -hmm. and then has a little two chairs that are set up in it and he has a little mobile podcasting session. Every cool. every session is recorded inside of his van. Nice. And you can do like all the production stuff just on a laptop? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything everything that's here, if you just make it small into a little... I mean, it'd, it'd be tougher once we get into the specifics of how much we have. But yeah, I mean, you get one with a big generator and everything, you can power everything. Hmm, I interesting. A, I mean, that's the thing. I could get a full on. We might be able to compromise with your I can, ideals then. I, can build, I might be able to I can make build that a happen. studio. You know, you could build like a tiny little studio section in one of the pop outs instead of like a seating area. It like pops out and has like like stuff on the walls, and you've got a a full on computer little studio set up that you can smash three people into this tiny little room. That could be pretty dope. <laughs> I'd be down for that. So this this home that we'd be traveling in provides podcasting. It provides uh, a DJ at any of your events and yoga and. Um, positive vibe imagine going to a, that's where i wanted a tiny home that was like custom built that would have a deck that would pop out because yeah. we could travel to a festival that we're working at and we just post it up or we could travel to a festival that we're participating in and we pop out the deck and we've got speakers and you've got this like mm -hmm. party trailer that's set up to throw renegade parties out of it and stuff how do you think blue would do with that you think he could handle that kind of life i don't know either it would have to be kind of a big trailer to make it work with him yeah especially with a baby see that's the thing there's all these specifics that <laughs> yeah. like you know I, that's the 
ever-present human dilemma of do I... I mean, I was like, we watched Crazy Rich Asians, the movie. What did you think? I totally forgot to even ask you what you thought about the movie. (laughs) Well, so it's great, but what I was going to say with it is that you have, like, the familial side Mm -hmm. where the... um, Chinese parents are like, no, you sacrifice everything for family mm-hmm. and you give up your hopes and dreams to make sure your family is successful. And that's the way you do it versus the American ideal of I want to follow my dreams and do what makes me happy. Like, mm-hmm. Those are just very conflicting ideals in the movie. Like, it's, yeah, it's the main part of the movie. Um, so I think but I think that's a pretty ever present idea of do I all right, well, I've fallen in love with this woman because I have this carnal, instinctive nature to mate with an individual. And then, all right, well, now we want to have kids. We have a kid, and now you've got this other thing you have to take care of whose priorities are more important than your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the only tough part is figuring out, you know, blue and a baby and being able to do all those things. Mm-hmm. But I think they're still possible. Yeah. But back to the movie. Well, first, before we go into the movie, <laughs> I just want to touch on the fact that I feel like we did this festival weekend really well in part because of the way that travel was planned. So like leaving, what time did we leave the camp out? Like noon, 11? Yeah. And then not having a flight until eight and then it got delayed to nine um, PM. I think that was, but that's we could what I mean. do that. Like, imagine that if we had a trailer perfect. and we decided that we were going to like, hit up a festival or two on the way down or something else Mm -hmm. on the way back. And you, instead of like, all right, well, I got to get down for this, but then I got to be home by Tuesday so I can go to my job. It's like, if you don't have a job and you're living that nomadic travel lifestyle anyway, then it's totally feasible to be like, all right, well, I left this festival at noon. I don't have to be to Colorado until next Wednesday. Like I can go stop at the different places along the way, or we can post up at a trailer park for three nights. For sure. Like, for sure. And that will be really cool if we can make that happen at one point, but for the general population <laughs> and for where we're at right now, give yourself a travel. Day. Yeah. I feel like we did that really well. Like we could have easily hopped on an earlier flight. Um, but I'm super glad that we didn't cause we went and found, I mean, thank God for that gluten-free app. We found a really good restaurant. We went and ate some food we uh, went to a movie with reclining heated padded seats and put <laughs> our feet up and got to zone out to a movie and then uh, went to a nice little grocery store to get some snacks for the plane. Like I loved the pacing of it and it felt like um, it just reminded me of Burning Man. It felt like a good decompression day from going from crazy festival simulation to flying home and then boom, get up for work and go and have to like teach classes. It was nice to have that buffer in there. Yeah. Most people just don't have the opportunity to take Thursday and Friday and Monday off of work to then also not get home until 1.15 AM on Monday night True. and have to get up at 7.30 AM to go to their job or we didn't have to get up until 10 AM yeah, because we had a later true. job. So like I do hundred percent agree the way we did this weekend was so perfect and I highly recommend it to anyone to, to give yourself that extra time because yeah, post festival travel life is so exhausting mm-hmm. that giving yourself that extra time is so clutch. It's just for a lot of people, it's not possible. Yeah. And so we're already like living this pretty sweet lifestyle and that's where, you know, we were like, how badly do we need to produce our own festival because we're able to go to these other festivals and do cool stuff? Mm-hmm. I do think that is the progression. And I do think that's where we're going next, especially as we start to get more responsibility and, you know, decide that we want to be a part of something because 
I don't know. It does feel good to be a part of a bigger project and accomplish something bigger. Um, and I think it's, I'm, I'm getting over the twenties mentality that I just ranted about the fuck the system, mm-hmm. not wanting to climb the corporate ladder. Like I'm, I'm getting older and I'm getting kind of beyond that and still, and, and understanding the importance and value of putting in work in different places to gain the experience. Um, but I'm just being extremely selective about that as that's I move okay. throughout life. Yeah, I think that's good. Because you're almost 30. I'm almost dun, 30. Dun, dun. 30 in like, what, four months? This is really soon. Got to figure out what we're doing for my dirty 30. I don't even know if we're going to be in town. Did you see there's going to be an East Coast camp out? What? Yeah, I saw somebody post about it today that's in charge of all the sound. He's done all the sound for all the Dirty Birds. And he's like, you guys better be at East Coast. And I was like, wait, what? I haven't heard anything else. But so, no, that's not true, actually. There was a few people back in production this weekend that were mentioning it, too. So On we'll stage, see. Claude was like, um, and here's Andy to tell us something about East Coast. And she like comes on and gets on. She's like, thanks for coming out, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Oh, I didn't hear him say that part. I wonder <laughs> yeah. if she didn't hear it either. There was I'm pretty when you're sure on she, stage. No, I'm it's pretty hard sure she hear. heard it. She oh, kind of really? like came up and was just like, "Uh, have a great time." Interesting. So I don't think I don't think they're ready to announce, to announce. specifics. So if it is in Florida again over that first week of February, which is your birthday, are we going for, for it? For sure. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. That's I think, pretty. I it's think it'd be funny. another sweet way. And now that we know more people, would we do <clears throat> Harry Potter World again? No, it was expensive. So expensive. It was cool, but it was expensive. Yeah, it was a good experience, but we, we I checked don't need to that go box. Yeah, we're not really Check. theme park people. No, we both get nauseous. One is such just, bad movement nausea. I can't yeah. be in a car. I can't be in a plane and do anything but focus on what's right in front of me, or I get so nauseous. Yes. I can't even read a book. Oh, interesting. Sucks. I Yours can't go on roller coasters. Mine, but it's I so bad. Get it too. I get so nauseous, like debilitating, like lying on the ground, like fuck. And then our 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 lovely hostess that we got to stay with when we had those mm. couple days on either end of Dirty she Bird, won't be there anymore. She won't be there. Fuck. I know that was amazing. <laughs> we just have to go visit her in Colorado. Shout out to Anna Kadig. We love you. I don't even know if she listens to this, but well, uh, you should send it to her. I should be like, but, listen to this whole rambling two hour conversation <laughs> to hear your name. <laughs> yeah. Cause for my 29th, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. She had a whole gluten-free dairy-free cake. She was so she sweet made for me. She's I was so confused when we walked in. Cause I was like, Oh, did you have a party? And she's like, no, it's Jordan's birthday. Duh. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> was yeah, cute. she's fantastic. And she's in Colorado now. So we got to go visit her. So you and I went to Colorado once. What was that? Two years ago? Two summers ago? Yeah. That was dope. We took yeah. the kids. We did Boulder. Wait, no, we did Estes Park, Boulder, and Denver. I don't think we ever did Denver. Well, we flew out of Denver. Yeah, we so we did Denver. like a meal and like hung out a little bit in Denver, but not very long. Yeah, but that's where, again, I would love to take our little trailer. I know. Is there festivals in, in Colorado yeah. we could hit up? Maybe that should be part of our um, goal set for yeah, prob- 2019. Probably a little bit more crunchy festivals. Crunchy granola-y. I'm okay with a little exactly. bit of that. And yeah. that's kind of what I mean. Is like every festival is different and every festival has something else. And so I'm not necessarily... I'm, I'm losing my need for a festival to have 
artists playing that I know. Yeah, because most likely at something like that, we wouldn't be as in tune with the music. And, but. What's, and, and what's interesting is people are always like, oh, we'll be open to new artists. And I'm like, I think I'm very open to new artists as a whole. Um, but I just... I look for music so often that I already know what artists are and I've, I've, I've experienced a lot over my nine years of festival life that like I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of wanting to experience more than just the music and being there for this artist that is well known that so many people love well and that's where if we went to a more crunchy festival like that in colorado like you said we would take the trailer we would do a lot of the more of the daytime stuff uh you know the lectures and workshops and movement type things and then at night if the music's not really our vibe we snuggle up and watch a movie or play some cards mm-hmm. and make dinner like that's kind of the cool thing about having your home on wheels yeah it'd be fun to go on a little mushroom week or two long adventure too. Ooh, let's do that. Not taking mushrooms, but no mushroom for hunting. Mushrooms, yeah. <laughs> foray into the wilderness. I'd be down for that. We haven't. We did a little bit of it this summer, but it's probably a good time to go right now. Go do some fall hunting. Yeah, now's a good time. It might be a little too late. Mm. I don't really know. I don't know too much about fall mushrooms. We studied a lot more spring mushrooms. Um. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not really pushing for it right now. I think okay. spring is definitely the time that I'm wanting to get out there a lot more and do some adventuring. Yeah. But we're home for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then, like we said, Tulum and then kind of Christmas activities. Yeah. You have a couple of shows coming up and then we've got to finish out our teacher training. I can't believe how fast that's gone by. Yeah. The night I release this, I will have a show that night. Um at the underground and then we've got a yin and juice that we're doing this weekend which is pretty much sold out i think there's a couple more spots i have to double check the head count but so if you hear this on thursday and you're like or th- or friday <laughs> and you're like i want to come do yin and juice basically yoga and some fresh pressed cider that we'll have made the night before yeah you gotta make that this friday yep and so that'll be fun and i'll be djing some chiller ambient tunes for that and then what the wednesday after i got a dj ride gig mm-hmm. and then i got a halloween, and then halloween. Show. oh my god it's almost halloween it's almost halloween it's spooky so what is your thought so we were talking about doing this like trophy wife and old man up there djing just giving it away oh shit oh, letting well. everyone know anyway i need to talk to you about this we might as well talk about it now what is your thought if i make like this little like box to stand on you know how like a trophy like uh-huh. when you get it when you're a kid there's like the pedestal at the mm. bottom and it says whatever like everyone t-ball. comment if you get to this part and let antonella know i'm not asking them i'm asking you <laughs> i'm not asking them you guys do not need to reply i'm asking you we're having a conversation if i was gonna make would it be logistical to do that could i bring something like that with me to monkey no lock it sounds really annoying to have to carry around a box with you well i would stand on it because think everyone's always in my way i can never Uh, see the dj and so then i'd have this little like my own little dance platform to be on and then it would just say like trophy wife on the front like 19 Mm -hmm. best trophy wife i almost said 1998 holy shit 2018 (laughs) would be the year i don't know 
It was a thought. I wasn't yeah. sure if they would be like, you can't bring this in here. What are you doing? Who knows? I don't know. If we get in there early enough, because I'm the opening DJ. And yeah. Nobody will probably say And then I thought it could be funny, too, because you know the, the setup in there. If I like just set it over, when you're looking at the DJ to the right, yeah. just have like my pedestal there and be up there like dancing while you're yeah. the old man with your cane playing. Yeah. Could be funny. Could be. Mm. Nice. Halloween. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for Halloween this year. We will just, you Will you be down for putting shit on your face? Because you don't look old. How are yeah, you gonna make you look make like an old, old man? Give me You'll, some gray hair and shit, or just give me an old man wig. Will you let me put like weird sure. shit on some your little face? wrinkles? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, Halloween's fun. Seattle always does Halloween big. It's tough at our house because. We live on a very steep hill on a very fast moving road. And so we get zero kids or trick or treaters. I've always had shitty. And that's like the karmically it sucks for me because I fucking love Halloween and I love little kid trick or treaters. But I've never lived in a house that I've had good trick-or-treaters because of either i'm like a mile down a dirt road in duval or you know the cul-de-sac that i was in woodenville it was like just off the main cul- it was just like a little bit yeah. tucked around the corner that no one would get like maybe five or yeah, you had like what three houses back there yeah it and just probably wasn't... none of you gave king size no. candy bars <laughs> and so they were like fuck those houses pretty much no the first year i think we did do the big candy bars and then mm. we, were, we were like stuck with all this candy because <laughs> nobody came yeah and now like you said we live on a highway basically at the top of a hill so it is a highway it's kind of sad but if we go back to that idea of our traveling rv home we could have a really dope trick-or-treating spot (laughs) we could just park it like in the middle of whatever the busiest that could be really cool and we could make it like a spooky trailer for halloween yeah just to pacify that overly excited halloween nerd in me yeah it's kind of da- been doused over the years because I don't have the good spot to pimp the house out and have the trick-or-treaters. So maybe I can reinvigorate that with our traveling um, mystery machine, Ghostmobile. <laughs> the mystery machine. That would be sweet to get one of those vans, a mystery machine, and just ride around with blue and be Scooby. Whenever I see that, I get so excited. I don't know why, but I'm always like, ooh, ooh. And I know it's not the mystery machine somebody just painted it but it just looks cool to me and blues kind of looks like scooby-doo and you kind of look like shaggy mm-hmm. that could be a really he's easy blue-be-roo. he's blue-be-roo it says scooby-doo he yeah. kind of looked at you when you did that arr, i think arr, he understood arr. he's currently eating my foot arr. yeah he's a little antsy he's very antsy it's past his dinner time so we should probably take him up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. I love you. Oh, I love you too. I really had a fun time with you this weekend. Yeah. It's is definitely one of the best festival experiences I've ever had. Um, mostly just because it was so different. Mm-hmm. It's like it was very similar to previous Dirty Birds we've done. But like I said, just the radical participation to a next level. Um, and since we had been there several times, we had met individuals and so we had previous relationships and yeah. those felt like continued relationships because um, it's always hard for me at festival world when festival life for me was always going with friends mm-hmm. and now i don't have a lot of friends there anymore um i had one crew of friends or i guess two crews of friends there that was cool but you know we didn't see them much because we were doing something um else you know we were back doing more artist production stuff 
I mean, I've only ever done festivals with you, really, but yeah. this was the first one that I felt like really like in sync with you. Yeah, because like I'm always focused on other people. And yeah. I'm like, where do I go? I want to meet up with this other person and I want to see them with this. And so it's kind of cool to have a new family mm-hmm. and have people like Mark Subset that were there and um, Sarah Rose and David <laughs> who were helping us with yo-yo yoga. And so having them there made it feel like I had a crew of friends who was on somewhat of a different path, but still on a, a, a similar path. So you weren't like searching to go find yeah. the feels. You had them right in your back pocket. Yep. Yeah. It's nice. The little back pocket bangers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shout out to those of you who know what a back pocket banger is. Pretty much no one. I don't know what that is. Am I supposed to know? You said yeah. it like I was supposed to know. Our original starter ripples. Oh, the podcast, the music podcast that I did for three years. Um, We start Dave and I started doing it together, and then uh, Curtis had this term, uh, and he called um, back pocket bangers tracks that like you had never heard before that like you know would be in a set that were not from someone famous or whatnot, but the track was just absolutely nasty, and you would just bust it out of your back pocket, and so I had uh, Curtis come in and I recorded his voice saying back pocket banger what have i not heard this which one is it on and then uh i think it's on several of them okay so i, I put that I in there listen and to enough of them you listen to a lot of the older or a lot of the newest ones mm-hmm. um but in the middle we did that for a while where every episode had a back pocket banger and so right before it back pocket banger nice yeah good times i like it all right well let's go feed this giant dinosaur this of a dinosaur dog. hey and blue uh, you want to make dinosaur noises you want to make dinosaur noises for everybody close it out with some wow oh jeez. ah uh, woof yeah <laughs> yeah woof 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 hey woof <laughs> he's not giving you the basic <laughs> one that you're looking for Sometimes he makes really bassy growls and barks. And it's our demogorgon. He's my demogorgon. That, right. Oh, I wonder when Stranger Things is coming back. I have no idea. Because that was like, is that Halloween or Christmas that came out? It was ho- the original one came out on Halloween, I think. Yeah, they season were, two. They were around Halloween. Uh oh, we might get season three. All right, let's go. But we're gonna do this again soon. Let's uh, let's do another just me and you, no guests at the end of the season. Deal. Possibly. Little recap. We'll see how the season rolls. Whatever. Commit. Commit to me, boy. I don't like commit. I want to do it. I think it'd be fun. Let's do one towards the end where we we talk about how awesome the season is and all of our favorite guests. Deal. Okay. Deal. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide. 